All right, guys. Welcome back. Hopefully, welcome back to the Three of Seven podcast. What do you mean, hopefully? It, I mean, there might be some new listeners tuning into this specific episode. So, if you're new, welcome. This is the Three of Seven podcast, hosted by Chad Wright, former Navy SEAL, Chili, the director of prophecy, Blake, the Prez, and um. What three of seven project? What is it? It's all we we are here to attempt, or at least to make an effort to master, nourish, and maintain our body, our soul, and our spirit in order to live a complete lifestyle. The three is body, soul, and spirit. The seven is the biblical number for completion. Anytime you see something done in Scripture seven times, it's totally complete. All right. So that's what the the podcast is all about. Um, we do some training called the basic course. It's out in the wilderness. That's all I need to tell you about it. We're going to talk about some of the, the things that we learned with the team, team 10 out on the basic course this past weekend. We do those once a month. We have the proving grounds coming up January, 2022, three troop. Registration is open for that on the website and filling up. That caps at 25. And, uh, yeah, we do all kinds of other stuff. We've got Patreon where we do Resurrected three Sundays a month. We just try to do anything and everything that's going to help us master, nourish, and maintain our body, our soul, and our spirit. So that's what it's all about. If you're a new listener, um, I I had a podcast with uh, Ryan Mickler on Order of Man the other day so uh some of some of the guys that listen to his show may have came over here to the three of seven podcast i've seen some of your reviews on itunes actually i read through all of these and i've seen that um we did get some new reviews from some of that audience and uh, i'm grateful for that uh if you can leave us a review on i on the itunes app thingy where you listen to your podcast on your iphone that helps a lot because um, it helps the show populate, right? If the show's being reviewed, we've got three or eight hundred thirty-eight reviews, all five stars, which is pretty freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Here's one one of the guys that came over from uh, Ryan's podcast um, says, "I personally listen to several podcasts from incredible people. All the podcasts add a different spice to my life. Honestly, I thought I had enough spices to be content forever. Then I heard Chad on Ryan's podcast, and I had to give 307 Podcast a listen. You do too. I found the salt. So, uh, yeah, I read through all these. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to leave us a review on here and uh, and to help the show grow because uh, we want it to grow because we put a lot of time and effort into this, and we think it's uh, it, there's a lot of great content here, not just from us, but from our guests that we've had on from all over the world and all over the, the nation, um, and, and their stories and their lessons learned. I mean, it's like a freaking library of lessons learned is what it has become. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. What's up, Chili? What's going on? Had a good run this morning. You better lower that mic down, son. Your dad gone... <laughs> You got that thing up high, son. Listen, Chad is the stinking mic patrol, son. You got hold on, let me turn it. You got to have that thing adjusted. Look, right the whole him. point of a podcast is to record audio, and if the mic is not in the right spot, 
you're not going to record the audio. Hey, you got Dang, good reasons. Man. I'm not saying that you got a bad reason for it. It gets on you for scratching it and gets on me for covering my face. Yeah, Dang, you ain't got man. nothing to cover it up no more once you shaved your beard off. We did have a we did have a good run this morning. Tell me about that, Chili. Yeah, we uh I don't know what did we get in. Good about 12 miles, I think, right yeah. around there. That was good. About had you exhausted, but neither one of us track distance. We we don't I don't subscribe to the whole GPS watch thingy. Um I just generally know because that track we were running, we've rode ATVs up and down there and we've tripped we've tri- you know, put the trip on on the ATV and then I think Brooks tracked it a few times on her watch. So once I get a general idea of a of a track that I'm going to run on a regular basis, um, of that the distance and the profile of that course, I, I don't wear the GPS watch and stuff. Why don't you don't wear them either? Do you? No, no, I don't. I don't see any need for it. People just look down at their watch the whole time, obsessing about pace. I don't care about that. I just run. I, I guess you call it running by feel, but I don't. I don't need to know what pace I'm running every minute. I, you, people people get too caught up in that, and it distracts them, and they don't even run as fast as they could or as stay as present as they could yeah i agree man by the way today's uh podcast is gonna really be about contentment all right and i don't know where we're gonna go with it because you know this is something that we'll break down here in a little bit but being content in some aspects of your life can become dangerous but I think being content in some in other aspects of your life can be a wonderful thing. So we're gonna try to look at it from kind of the the, the different angles that we can and, and assess where are we being content in our lives where we shouldn't be and we should be striving and 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 yearning for more and then where are the places in our lives where we should be or could be more content in a healthy way. So that's what today's podcast is going to be about. I want to share a few, um, I want to share a little bit uh, out of a couple books that I'm reading, just a few short quotes with you guys that were impactful to me. If you guys listened to the comms check that we did last Wednesday, you know that I'm reading two books right now, plus obviously the Bible. I study that every day too. These are the two books that I read more or less in the evenings. Um, this book, if you're watching on YouTube, on our new 4K camera setup that we got right here, I hope it comes out good and clear for you guys. This book is John Adams. It's basically a autobiography of John Adams, which was the second president of the United States, a member of the Continental Congress, the Sons of Liberty, um, all this good stuff. Amazing dude, man. This is an amazing book, and I want to share something with you out of here. These men... All right, these men understood liberty. These men understood liberty. They really did. These were these were the men who stood up our nation for us um, way back in the late 1700s. And so I think they have a lot of wisdom. And this is something that, uh, here it is right here. This is a quote from John Adams himself, not from the book, but this is a quote from John Adams. Um, the preservation of liberty depends upon the intellectual and the moral character of the people. As long as knowledge and virtue are diffused generally among the body of a nation, 
it is impossible that they should be enslaved. All right? (laughs) Ambition is one of the more ungovernable passions of the human heart. The love of power is insatiable and uncontrollable. There is danger from all men. The only maxim of a free government ought to be to trust no man living with the power to endanger the public's liberty. I mean, look, man, if this doesn't resonate with you in the times that we are living in right now, I don't know what will. It hit me right smack between the eyes, and especially this first portion here where he states the preservation of liberty depends upon the intellectual and moral character of the people. In other words, the people which are making up the the nation, the fabric of the nation, must both be intellectually competent and they also must be morally morally sound people with good moral character. Mm-hmm. If those two things are not generally diffused amongst the body of the nation, then likely that nation will become enslaved. But as long as they are generally diffused, the population is intelligent, intellectually, and also have good moral character and standards, it is impossible for them to become enslaved. Man, and I look around me and I'm like, here, we've got an entire generation of kids that are now are going to miss two years of school. Our moral character as a nation is completely up in the air. Um, And then we go down here to the last part of the quote. Uh, Yeah, the love of power is insatiable and uncontrollable. This is so true. This is so true in the human heart. Now, I, I, you know, it just, man, it was a powerful quote. What do y'all think about that? That's powerful words. And it's, it's interesting because it, a lot of people will hear that and think, man, that that's like, it was written for us right now. Well, it was. Yeah. I, it so it was our forefathers. Yeah. I mean, it literally was written for us right now. It was written for, they understood the dangers of what this country could turn into. If the people allowed themselves to be morally corrupted, to be intellectually weakened to the point where they don't think for themselves. Yep. So it is for us. It, it is. It was it was written for us and it applies right now and it's it's more and more relevant every day. It seems as though the government has studied history more than the people have studied history. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like the government maybe read that quote and said, John Adams is right, but we want the power. So, we let, want power. so, so let's do what he says. Let's do the opposite of what he said needs to be done, and it'll be in our favor. And we're not studying it and just taking whatever they're feeding us now. And, you know, now you think of the quote, if history's not studied, it'll repeat itself. It's not that if it's not studied, it's not that if, it's if you don't practice what worked in the past to get some to the support to the point you can't sustain it because you don't know i mean the forefathers got us here but if we're not going to sustain what they did to get us here then it's it's just going to happen again yeah yeah 
I, you know, and as I read through this book, um, and I go through and I see what these, uh, it, it, this book gives a lot of insight into what these people were going through and why they decided to write the Declaration of Independence. All right, that was a big deal for them because once they wrote that and they everyone who signed that document, you understand that the punishment for your signature being on that document, the punishment from England for you as a as a traitor was hanging. Right? So all these the declaration of independence from England from the current government was a big deal. Yeah. And it's really interesting as I read through this and I read about why these men decided to declare independence from their government, the reasons that they decided to do this, uh, the things that were provoking them, the value they, the, be, provoking them like to, to get out of this situation, like were far smaller reasons than what we live with today. Like we have far exceeded in, in, in culture and in society in, in this nation today, we have far exceeded the erosion of liberties that these men were okay with. Like, does that make any sense? Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild, man. Well, the, the, the foundation was built, and, and we started building upon it, right? But it's like if you don't maintain or continue to build that foundation wider as you build things upon it, eventually what you've built is too big for what was initially laid there. You know, like they laid the groundwork and look at all the crap we've put on top of that but haven't broadened that out any. You know, we talk about this principle a lot, right? It's people value comfort more than they value freedom, liberty, whatever you want to say. I mean, really the only reason that a lot of this, whatever you want to say, acquiescence of freedom that people, that people have given up is because it's comfortable to, they're taken care of. They feel like they're, the government's taken care of them. So, well, I'll let them, I'll give up this certain amount of Liberty, whatever it is that people are okay with giving up for in, in exchange for comfort. That's why we talk about, doing stuff that's uncomfortable willingly so much you know it, it we we've we've sacrificed so much as a collective people as a nation for the sake of comfort we've 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 lost so much of what makes us human beings because we've been given an opportunity to just stay comfortable stay content and we've took it yeah yeah and, and the degradation of moral character is much easier than actually yeah. maintaining good moral character. Why? Because sin of almost all nature feels extremely good in the moment. So it's much easier. Yeah, the, that, that's why we see that happening. It's so easy to push people in that direction. Humans will actually, humans will actually uh, gravitate toward... Um, less moral character right because it feels better it's less responsibility yeah it's less accountability it's um 
It's it's in a lot of ways we think it's easier. Well, there's no conflict. It yeah, it feels easier, but it leads to total collapse. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, I think they call it the Esau syndrome, where you you're trading in what you want now for what you want in the future. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, none of this is uh, surprising. You know, people talk about history repeating itself and everything. I mean, of course, that's true. That's true because human nature doesn't change. So it, it will continue to repeat itself. I mean, if, you know, any, any civilization that comes up, any country that, that comes up in the next hundred years. Kingdom or whatever. Kingdom or yeah. whatever. It will go through this process inevitably. Yep. At some point. Yep. That's yep. the way it is. It is, man. It really is. Did so, you take my book? No, I bought this. From where? Dogwood Books. Hmm. Dogwood Books, used and rare. I've got the same book in mine. A book lover's bookstore. Um, <laughs> used and rare. Did you just give Dogwood Books a free podcast Yeah. yeah. Go shout out to Dogwood Books. And <laughs> no free Broad shout Street, outs, man. Rome, Georgia. Um. All right, so, it, you know, if you guys got anything out of that conversation, that quote from John Adams, maybe you did, maybe you disagree with us. We have a whole podcast on submitting to authority, submitting to government, governmental authority, and what we think about that. You can go back and listen to it. Just scroll down. It's not too far down the list from where you are listening right now. So uh, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Let me read you another quote real quick from a book here. You guys know I'm reading this for the second time, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. This is a conversation between two demons that they're basically talking about how they subjugate their patients, which are the humans that they are trying to keep within their dominion or their power, all right? So this is The Screwtape Letters. Um, This is in Chapter 6, and I want to just start right here. These are the demons talking we want to we want him our patient our human we want him to be in the maximum uncertainty so that his mind will be filled with contradictory pictures of the future every one of which arouses hope or fear there is nothing like suspense and anxiety for barricading a human's mind against the enemy, the enemy meaning God and Jesus to these demons. He wants men to be concerned with what they do. Our business is to keep them thinking about what will happen to them. This was, uh, especially in the light of the last year, and uh, the, the last year, the biggest term I heard being thrown around everywhere I went was man. These are uncertain times. Mm-hmm. Oh, these are uncertain times, man. I can't tell you how many times everywhere I went, somebody was freaking saying that. All right? All right. Well, <laughs> we, old Wormwood, old Wormwood here, <laughs> this demon wants you to be in maximum uncertainty. Yep. So that you'll be filled with contradictory pictures of the future, every one of which arouses either hope or fear. There's nothing like the suspense and anxiety that can be used to barricade you and your mind against connecting 
with Jesus Christ, your Savior. <laughs> what you got to say about that, boy? I think it's a good reminder. Not, I mean, it, it always, a lot of these things go back to the results and standards. Like, you, you need to live and act like a standard, and, and the result that you want will happen according to how you're living you know it's like faith without works is dead not faith without results just go do the work don't worry about the results you know you're not living living to that and i think that's exactly what he's talking about is god wants people to be concerned with what they do not what will happen to them i think it's funny that people started saying that we were in certain uh, in uncertain times this past year what about the year before that what about all of life? Yeah. What, what about all of, uh, yeah, every every moment that this earth has been here, or at least after the fall, you're talking about uncertain times. You don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, that's not, this was nothing new. You actually were had a false sense of certainty that this never would happen. Yeah. Well, it did, you know, and I just think that's funny because, we're in uncertain times now, sure, we've always been, but that's not what you should focus on. That's what they want you, that's the point of that. They they want you to dwell on the fact that we're in uncertain times. And that, boy, it worked. Yeah, it did. People did a lot of dwelling this past year. Yep. And into now. All right, well, I hope y'all enjoyed that. Did y'all enjoy that all right? Oh, yeah, man. <sighs> Thought it was good. Look, man. Y'all let us know, man. Y'all let us know. Daggone it, I forgot to record a little clip on my phone here to advertise on to show people on Instagram we were recording this podcast. But Well, you don't always well, have to show people that you're doing it to you know in order to do it. Well <laughs> I you know, like the running yeah. when you run No, it. no, I just <laughs> I get me fired up, man. man. <laughs> trying to get me fired up. Look, man, I, I can't do them running. I, I, I can't handle them running posts either, man. We'll just switch gears. I know where you're going. What yep. are we talking about today? Uh, oh, first, before we start talking about um, contentment and what that means to you guys and to us, this podcast was brought to you by Wazoo Survival Gear. Look, Wazoo Survival Gear, Dustin and Nick, they've both been on the podcast um, they're not only our, our personal friends, but they are awesome, awesome business people because they have created an amazing and a completely unique company called Wazoo Survival Gear. They make and produce and design and invent um, wearable survival gear. Now, by survival gear, it might sound like, oh, this is only for people that go out into the wilderness and do, you know, bushcraft and all this kind of stuff. No, not, that's not what it's all about. This is about stuff that you can wear on you in day-to-day -day life, whether you live in downtown New York City or you live out here in the hills of Northwest Georgia, that is going to increase your capability, and it's going to increase what you can deal with and how you can respond to situations. Little things uh, that you can put in your cash cap or your cash belt, um, little items that come in the kit that they send, like the zip ties, right? We ran over something on the highway one time taking a road trip, and it knocked the bumper uh, off the front of the RV, right? And 
the way there was wiring hanging down everywhere and so we took these i i pulled my my kit out of my wazoo uh cash belt and it had zip ties in it and i'm like oh heck yeah man and i we were able to zip tie the wiring back up onto the frame of the of the rv and continue mission like just all kinds of little signal mirror, little compass. This is the bushcraft necklace. Man, I ha- I can't tell you how many hundreds of fires I've started with this thing. Right? It's a ferro rod and a ceramic striker. And the, the ceramic knife, that's a really cool piece. Oh, yeah. Ceramic razor blade. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Little razor blade. It doesn't set off a metal detector. Um, super sharp. I think Dustin said he skinned a hog with that thing one time. So, uh, yeah. So... Check them out, man. Wazoo Survival Gear. Check them out on Instagram. Uh, go and the show notes of this episode, I'll attach a special link to their website, all right, along with a pro code that's going to give you 20% off of anything that you order from Wazoo Survival Gear. So just scroll down to the show notes there, and you'll see it, Wazoo Survival Gear. The link will be clickable. Make it really easy for you. You're welcome. Click the link. Go and support the companies that support this podcast. And just get you some cool gear. All right? That's Wazoo. Wazoo, thank you. Wazoo Survival Gear. Thank you for sponsoring the 307 Podcast. We love you guys. We use your gear on a daily basis. I wear my bushcraft necklace every single day. Generally, I just start a fire every day, too, because Blake and Nathan won't teach fire starting at the basic course, so I have to teach that class every day. I mean, every every mission, I have to teach that class, so I got to I gotta stay squared away on my fire starting skills. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. We played a trick on old June. Well, Nathan played a trick on old June bug on the basic course. He uh, snagged his log a dip before we headed out. Mm. Made him teach a couple classes without it. He was in foul shape, son. You can't be doing stuff like that. No. That ain't funny. Oh, it's funny. No, they want nothing funny about that. Trying to get that joker recognized. We had to send Blake ahead. So I was already teaching. I was already teaching something that I don't usually teach. All right? Blake usually teaches that class. I can't get Chad to teach that class. I, I got Bull to stay crap, home in man. on them skills because he won't teach it. Look, I, we had to send him ahead to, to secure a, a campsite because there was this other group of, of people down there. I mean, I don't know. These cats, I don't even know what was going on with them. Son, they, was, they, was weird. they literally had backpacks on. They had, had like an 80, every one of them had like an 80 liter backpack filled to the brim with crap hanging off it everywhere and then they were toting like 10 grocery bags carrying grocery bags in their hands what was in them i don't know uh, food i i have no clue they had went full weirdo i believe yeah oh yeah they had went full weirdo hey, don't go full weirdo now they had no clue where they were Getting what written what, off one of them we, one of them slipped in that was wanted to ask us we sitting around the fire, and they come in, and they said, "Oh, hey guys!" And Chad said, "Oh, whoa, whoa, hold it right there, buddy. We're gonna talk right over here." He just <laughs> just shut him right. That down. was old Q-tip. <laughs> yeah, that Joker had a hair. I bet his hair. 
I don't even know. It, it had to have had a three-foot diameter. I don't know how he got down the trail, and it was all... It looked it was like as a, big as a medicine ball. Yeah. Looked like just someone had set a bush on top of his head <laughs> well, and trimmed around his face. That was a little Q-tip. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had to teach that class that I already usually didn't teach, plus, I, plus they stole my dip from me, and I knew they had it, but they wouldn't tell me where it was at. Let me tell you what, y'all keep on. Son. It worked out good too, cause I went ahead and PN was like, I don't know, man. You have to check with Blake about that, and I wasn't there. Y'all gonna catch me on the wrong day out there one of these days, and the the whole the whole class is gonna get to see me whoop both of y'all. Yeah, I'd like to see it. We might have to video a session in <laughs> Simon, <here>. simultaneously. <laughs> Lead you around by that beard. Hey, I can whoop two people simultaneously. No, you can't. You might have used to been able to. Hey, yeah, had to humble that warrior spirit for you. Shoot, son. Don't get me going. All right. Let's uh let's dig into uh talking about contentment. Now, where this came from, and then we'll dig into it. Where this came from was on this mission with Team Ten. By the way, Team Ten, all really great people, wonderful people. All right. But we, again, we take these teams out on these missions and we want to get every last ounce of growth that out of these individuals. We take it very, very seriously, right? So on, on Saturday, we're, we're en route to our objective and every single team is going to have someone that can't move as fast at some point as the rest of the team. So not just basic course team, any team. No, any team. That yeah. that's right because a, a team of motivated individuals they will push until that person is exposed. So it could be you, it could be me, it could it depends on look, it depends on who is how like it depends on what level of in this case fitness the team is but every single team is going to push until somebody has to back off right so it's a, it happens every single mission and um and we're there and what happens is is the rest of the team they decide they they don't they well they basically just decide to slow down to the pace of the individual that the individual that is the the slowest person on the team the pace that that team member needs to go at right all right i mean they have to make it to the objective as a team so it's not like they can just leave that person behind with a swim buddy and just go to the objective that's not an option right but they just slowed down to accommodate that team member and they were just content we're just going along at that pace just having conversation an unacceptable pace Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they they in other words when you have when you have a member of your team that is not 
up to speed. Whatever. Maybe maybe they're maybe they're they're in a maybe they're in a tough spot. Maybe they just need some training. Whatever, whatever it is, but you have a member of the team that's not able to move at the same rate carrying the same load as every other team member. You don't just slow the entire team down in order to accommodate that one person. No, that's not what you do. The rest of the team needs to use some innovation. They need to come up with a way to bring that team member up to speed. They need to come up with an idea, a way to get that team member that might be slowing them down, get that person up to speed, right? So you don't just accept that, oh, we got somebody here that, you know, that's that's, that's, that's a little slower than us, so we're just going to slow down and go at their pace and be content with that because that's all we can do, right? Negative. You figure out a way to get that person up to speed, man. Don't just be content with going slow, right? Everybody in the team needs the opportunity to grow. Yep. All right? So you got to get that person up to speed. So then that way, the entire team can push into a zone where they're all growing. Mm-hmm. So this is, we stop. They don't even realize they're doing it. They're, they're just thinking, well, and, and you know, they ask a great question later on because I think that they thought in their head, well, we're encouraging this individual. We're we're keeping our we're keeping our team our team is moving. They're not definitely not moving at the the as as well as they possibly could, but we're encouraging our team member. We're doing the best we can. We're just gonna be content. They they did I don't even think they realized they were doing it, right? No, uh, they no. they were just yeah, they thought they were doing everything they could do right, and so we stopped them. Um, Nathan does his thing on the ground where we see where everyone's at as far as comfort, growth, or panic. And then the first words out of my mouth was, "Y'all are a bunch of content people. You're content with moving at this speed and not." maximizing the effort and the speed and the growth of the entire team. So that's why we're talking about contentment. Now, so maybe there's a situation in life, and you guys can use this in your in your workplace, right? I know every one of you guys listening, if you own a business or if you work if you're at work and you work with other people, you can think of some person, you can think of somebody that can't operate at the same speed that you can, right? Are you letting that person slow your entire team down? Are you? Or are you doing what's necessary to bring that person up to speed? What are you doing? Does this make sense to y'all? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, any group, any team, there's going to be people at different levels and different abilities, right? That's the beautiful thing about it. There's a top, there's in the middle, and then there's at the bottom, right? 
what you're saying is you have a choice. To, I mean, because the goal is to pretty much not everybody be the same, but to get everybody kind of close to the same level, right? That's it. So that's the key. So you have a choice. You have a choice to either try to move everybody up or down. You can either try to get to the point of where your best people, your most capable, your strongest people are, or you can bring everybody down to the similar level of where is at the bottom. You've got a choice. Yeah. And the thing about this is, I think the caveat to this is, we're talking about a team where the slowest person, they're not slow because they have chosen not to work hard. They're actually working harder mm -hmm. than anyone else in the team. They're <laughs> operating in strength and the rest of the team yes. is operating in capability. That's right. They're working harder than anybody else in the team. Now, yeah. if you have a team member that's bogging your team down because they're freaking lazy and they've just chosen not to make the effort, get rid of them. Yeah. Don't try to carry them. But if you have a team member that that truly is working as hard as they grinding man working as hard as they can get that person up to speed because you don't want to lose that person even if they're a little bit slower right then and right there you don't want to lose that person because the fact that they are doing that the fact that they are grinding as hard as they can and they're still not able to keep up but they're just working as hard as they can, man. That tells you something about that person. Mm -hmm. And when you do get that person up to speed, you better look out, son. Yeah. Because that tells you something about them right off the bat. Yeah. That's why those people should be brought up to speed and not go away. I think you, um, you, you think about, you know, on a personal level, content. You know, you said at the beginning, there's some areas that you should be content in. And I think that the only area you should be content in is to be content that you are doing your best. It's okay to be content that you're doing your best, but don't be content if you're good, but you could be great. I started reading that book, and uh, Good to Great is the name of it. And he's talking about the disease of good is what prevents everything from being great. Like, we have... His examples he uses in there could be argued, but his examples he uses are we have good school systems or we don't have great school systems because we have good school systems. They're just satisfied with what they're doing. We have good government, but we don't have great government. We could definitely argue that. But mm -hmm. but the, the point he's making is people get to good, and that is the biggest enemy of great because once you get there it's so easy because most people are not content or satisfied with being bad right if you're bad you're like oh man i got to do better mm -hmm. than this mm -hmm. but as soon as you get to a point that you feel is acceptable and you say well that's that's good there's people out there that that are doing bad and i'm doing good so i'm doing better than those people and then you just accept that and you don't move on to great and i thought that was interesting i just started reading that last night no, it's a wonderful example, and that, that even goes back to the basic course. Anybody that comes out to that course is good. Yeah. All right? If you sign up, you show up, you make the investment, you get selected by me, you're good. All right? But we are challenging you out there to be great, and that's the uncomfortable part. Mm -hmm. 
that's where people may have the realization that, yes, they are discontent with being good because we could very easily get to the top of the mountain on Saturday, and no matter what happens, if you get up there, you're good. Yeah. And we could easily just sit around at the evening meeting and say, man, good job, guys. You got up here. You know, that's good enough. Yep. No. We want you to get up there as fast, as efficient, as as the the best that you possibly can. What were you going to say, Chili? Uh, I mean, I think based off of what you're saying, it's it's important to clarify who we're talking about is being content in this situation. You're not talking about the person who was maybe struggling. No. Right? No, th- th- that's not who's being content in this situation. They're doing what they can. It's everybody else who's yeah. being content. And that's important to note that, you know, when you're doing everything you can and you're not being satisfied with the, the level that you're operating at, that's not contentment, right? So the, 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 the problematic uh, or the problem in this scenario was was everybody who was just content with that being the way that it was moving and not trying to figure out a way to to move faster as a team. Yep. There's a point where where being I, I feel like we're talking about two different words here and I don't know the other word to use. But there's a point where not being content can be destructive to where you're never happy with what yep. you've got. So that there's a point where you gotta be happy with with where you're at. But you have to also be working towards something else. But you can't beat yourself up about it and say, "Oh man, I you know I want to whatever." We always talk about racing. I want to run a hundred miles, but I had to drop that last race at sixty miles because I broke my foot or something, you know. And not being content with that—that's fine. Don't be content with it, but don't beat yourself up with it until you go out and finish that next. You know, well, finish it. It takes it takes an honest assessment. Yeah, right. And, and that's the that's the thing. You have to ask yourself. You have to be content with you doing your best. So the question boils down to, and you got to be real with yourself. Am I really doing my best here? And if the answer is yes, whatever whatever the result is, you just got to be content with it. But if there's something in there, and, and you say, well, no, I was just dragging along and I didn't function check the team, and now we've traveled at this pace for this distance. You can't you can't be like well, but but we still did make it this far up to this point, and that's where you can't be content. Yeah. Well, you're right about talking about kind of two different things almost because contentment is not uh, universally a bad thing. And we're going to talk about that here in just <laughs> yeah, a minute. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a balance in everything, right? But there's some things that it's actually a problem if you're not content with, mm-hmm. and it's some things it's a problem if you are. Right, and you have to be able to distinguish which situation you're dealing with, uh, and usually that just boils down to a question I ask myself: Is am I able to even change this? If the answer is no, I can't even do anything about it. Then you should probably be content with it. Right, right. Like this is a stupid example, but your height—you can't do anything about that. <laughs> yep. So, so if you dwell all day wishing you were taller, well, that's that's a waste of energy. You should be content with. Hey, I'm, this is how God made me. I'm, yeah. you know, but if you can do something about it, then you should ask, well, what is my purpose in doing this? And do I have a reason to, to, to try to get better and work at it? You know, and then, yeah, not be content with. That's a good way to put it. You got to be content with what you can't, with what's out of your control. Cause it's out of your control. Yeah. You don't have a choice, you know? So that's where you, I guess, peace of mind, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, where you, you can 
shut all that out and have the peace of mind and accept no, this this situation is what it is um and there's nothing i can do about it and be content and not get bogged down in that well and to me how this you know even looking at it now from a shifting from the basic course how does this play out in in business for me personally look man just just this week uh or last week you know we've been filming these podcasts we've got us a little uh camera that we've been doing it with and it films in in hd and we watch the videos on youtube and we say you know they're pretty clear i mean it's it's good enough right that's been that was said yeah in our conversation yeah. with evan that's right yeah i mean it's 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 good enough people can see you clearly right and but this is this was something that was in our control where we said um we said yeah well maybe it's good enough but we have the resources and there is a, a camera out there that can that can make this video better quality like we can we we do we can we're in control of that so we chose not to be content in that scenario because it was something that we could improve it cost us a lot of money but we went ahead and made the improvement because we decided not to be content in that situation for me personally, I see. I mean, I see a lot of people that are in the same space that we are in. That you know, they hit a certain point in their their influence or their platform, whatever it is, and and they feel like, all right, I've arrived, and they stop pushing, right? And then what happens shortly after? Well, people just start to forget about them. Mm -hmm. They they just they they lose credibility right because they do stop pushing they say oh i mean how easy to be for me i say man i got freaking sixty-five thousand followers on instagram we have thousands of people listening to the podcast they're enjoying it we don't need any more yeah, yeah right well we would shortly thereafter probably be forgotten about you start to lose followers yeah yeah i mean you start to lose a, the the attention or the i don't even want to frame it like that but just interest well this this is what we do yeah. i mean we we create yeah i mean you either we, we create things for people to to consume right whether it's training or podcast or or video like this is our business yeah so the, the amount of interest doesn't really stay the same ever it's either going up or going down that's it <laughs> so if you're continuing to to innovate and 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 think of new things and pour as much as you can into it, it the interest will go up at some rate you don't know what the rate is, but it'll go up. And if you stop doing that, it will go down probably quickly, but yeah. either way, it'll go down mm -hmm. and over time go to nothing because you'll quit doing it. Mm -hmm. And this is a big part for me. You know, obviously I love to run. I love to, to race. I love, but like a big part of me going out to do the Penhody fkt fastest known time or world record for you guys that don't understand fastest known time it's the fastest known time to cover this section of trail to anybody right so that that's part for me that's part of me as a creator as someone that you listen to that's part of me not being content right as part of me saying i can do more 
I can do more uh, to 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 create lessons, to create content, to learn more about the human potential, right? For you guys, it's it's about me really not being content with um, what we have to offer here at Three of Seven Project. I mean, if we didn't have Three of Seven Project, I probably wouldn't go out for the Penhody FKT. I, I would probably just run. You know, some some regular races. You know, why not? You know, because... Or you just wouldn't do uh, nothing. I, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with going and running a local 100-mile or, or a 50K or whatever. I'm comfortable with that, and that's probably where I would stay. But, um, but yeah, I'm not content with that. So, we're going to keep pushing, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is resonating with any of you guys. I, I, think, I think it's... Again, what I'm challenging you guys to do that are listening to this is make an honest assessment in all aspects of your life, your physical, right, your mental and and emotional, and also your spiritual life. And I want you to make an honest assessment and say, am I just, have I just plateaued? Am I just content with where I am right now? Or are there things within my control? Are there things, even though there were gonna these things that you can implement, they are gonna require some work. They are gonna require some thinking and some innovation. But are there things within my business, within my marriage, are there things that I can implement in order to increase the speed and effectiveness of what I'm doing? All right, so that's what we're asking you to do, and that takes a lot of honesty with yourself. Mm-hmm. That that's what it comes down to is an honest assessment. Because what I've started thinking about in the last couple minutes talking about this is there's two sides to every coin. You can take this too far. I've taken it too far. I've literally came up with the idea in my head that if I wasn't doing a race, an ultra, every single weekend that I was just sitting around on my hands being content with what I had done and not trying to press for more. Well, I bet I'm going to kill myself doing that. So you can take it too far. <laughs> but it, it's great what Chad said. It comes down to an honest assessment of are you just sitting back being content with what you've done and not worried or putting out any effort to try to get better and improve, you know, if you're not doing that, then that's a problem. But if you're if you're giving what you can, you know, just constantly thinking more, 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 you run into an issue with that. I just wanted to say yeah. that. I mean, it, we're not saying more is always better. <laughs> that's not the case. But most of the time when you do that honest assessment, you'll be able to determine where you're not giving full effort. Agreed. And then when you when you do find that, do something about it. So I want to just read just two verses and see what God's Word says about contentment. And um, there's two here. The first one's going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Uh, this is Paul. He says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we cannot ca- and we, it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. 
having food and clothing, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in de- de- into destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, this is a really interesting verse, um, and it shows us, I think, very directly a place uh, or, or a, a, a object or a thing that we should be content with, and that is our worldly material possessions, all right? In other words... Um, I, I think for me, as I progress through my professional life now, it's just started two years ago. I was in the Navy up until then, right? So I had no choice. Like I got paid what they paid me and I did what they told me. But now you had to be content with that. Yeah, you had to be content with that. <clears throat> but now I, I see this dynamic of if I... If I was, if my main objective in business was to accumulate material wealth, that would be extremely unhealthy for me. All right. Now, the interesting thing is if you do, as Paul says in 1 Timothy, if you learn how to be content with the food and clothing, that you have, right? In other words, learn to be content with what you have. It's enough, right? <clears throat> and you just focus on your your mission driven. You're focused on the mission. Uh that actually generates income. That generates yeah. resources, right? Because people can see how genuine when you are legitimately mission focused, I think people can see that, and they want to be a part of it. Yeah, you know what I mean, because they know you're not bullcrapping them. All what, right. What if I put it this way? To be content with what somebody gives you, you got to be content with that. But to not be content with what you are giving ever with anything because mm. you can always give more not 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 to not be content with what you're earning or not be con- you know none of that only be only to not be content with what you're giving i, I mean to me that kind of sums it up what you're given our food our clothes yeah i mean we work and we earn that stuff but in the end it's really given to us to be content with our bodies what we have what we're working with but never to be content with what you're giving. You can always give a little more in the gym. What you're giving others. Yeah. 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 It goes back to if you can change it or not. Yeah, that's it. Right. You can't change some some things that you're given. You can't change any what someone wants to give you is what they want to give you. <laughs> you you can't change any of that. Yeah. But but you can always read a little bit more. You can always spend some time with someone else a little bit more. And it takes sacrifices here and there. And that's where you got to get your priorities in line because what means giving everything you have to God may mean is going to mean giving a little bit less to your wife, to your family, because you're going to have time away from them spending it with God. And I mean, that's just an example. 
Well, I mean, Paul's talking specifically here about being content with material possessions. This is extru- This is goes against society. This goes against what society and the world's going to tell you. Yeah. All right. So uh, here we go back to the honest assessment of what you have and determining because here Paul says it's enough that you have food and clothing. That's just all you need, man. That's it. Right. Other than that, focus on the mission. Well, I think people get really confused about what is actually enough. What is enough? Right? Well, they decide that for themselves. They That's don't, right. You know, what's you can have everything in the world and that not be enough if it wasn't, if you just, I mean, <laughs> what's enough is pretty much obvious and everybody knows what is enough, but they let their desires get in the way. They just more, 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 you know, more stuff, more. And a lot of that comes down to chasing. uh, Well, it's kind of funny. We're using, it's like a different definition of the word, but chasing contentment from the wrong things. Mm -hmm. We don't get, or chasing being filled up from the wrong things. You don't get that from more, more, more. You, you need what is enough, actually enough and stop there. It's, sometimes a bunch of extra is a bad thing. Yeah. It, it, it clouds your, it just, it, it confuses your whole world because, because all the, the stuff you have is what you focus on, but that's not what you need. That, and that's, so that's exactly what Paul says right here. When he talks about the love of money says, which some have coveted after, that's exactly what you're saying, Noah, is trying to be filled up by money and material possessions. That's what coveting after money essentially is. Then he goes on to say, they have erred from the faith. In other words, they have they have began seeking fulfillment in material possessions, and then that has taken their eyes off of the mission, all right? And then... He goes on to say they've pierced themselves with many sorrows, and so it actually ends up causing a lot of freaking problems. Mm-hmm. So according to this scripture here, which we take as literal truth, we should look around us and say, what do I have here? According to scripture, is this enough? Do I have food every day? Do I have cl- and some of you, some of you may not. Some of you guys may not have food and clothes to wear. Right? We're going to talk about that here in just a second. If you don't, then I don't expect you to be content with that. Try to try to get to a place where you at least got food and clothes. Look around you. Right here, we live in a uh, a about a fourteen hundred square foot little house on one acre. I drive a beat up Toyota truck. I've got clothes and I've got food every day. Is that enough? That's enough. I'm content with that. Now let's focus on the mission. Let's focus on making an eternal impact. Let's focus on pouring into others and making ourselves better. And one thing while you're making that assessment of what you have, so once you meet that standard that, all right, yep, that's enough, then keep assessing and say, what do I have that's extra? And how can I use what I have as extra to be a blessing to someone else who may not have enough? Yep. That's a step beyond, and that's where that starts 
that's where that starts helping other people and giving more of yourself and to other people, giving more to others and not being content with that. Yep. Guys, I know. I know. You guys are listening to this saying, Chad, you're telling me that I shouldn't aspire to have a bigger house, a nicer car. I shouldn't aspire to have more money. I shouldn't inspire to aspire to have a great retirement or make these wonderful investments and all this and and uh, yeah I'm 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 telling you no you should actually be focused on the mission you should be focused on the purpose that God has created for you in your life and the gifts that he has given you you should be focused on those things all right and be content with what you have from a material standpoint yeah right. that's that's what I'm telling you we mentioned this on That's the what last, the Bible's telling you. Yeah. We mentioned this on the last podcast. Once you get to there, then you're going to say, hmm, now what? Yeah. Now I've got a bigger house and bigger car and <laughs> more money, but... Hmm. Hey, <laughs> you, you know what, man? I'd love to make a million bucks next year. You know why I'd love to make... I, you know why I'd like to make a million bucks? So I, the mission could get bigger. The mission could get bigger, and I just think it'd be funny. <laughs> yeah funny i just think it's funny you ain't never laughed at millionaires <laughs> well not just because they were millionaires no <laughs> but but it is that, that so that is that is always my driving um my my driving force to to earn uh or to to, to earn more t money right is so that we can expand the mission so that we can make this better like i'd love to make if i made a million bucks next year we wouldn't be having the freaking proving grounds on some camp that somebody else owns we'd be doing it on our own on three or seven project land where we could we could boy we could really Mm -hmm. get busy son not that we don't get busy there but you know that's what it's all about it's the me. why behind yeah. Why do you want yeah. a million bucks? Why do you want a uh, fancier car, bigger house? Is it because you're gonna drive around more people and offer those, offer your rooms up to folks, or is it just because you want that big house to say, "Yeah, I'm looking yeah. good, sitting pretty now." These so, houses trip me out, man. People's houses trip me out. Oh yeah. What too big? Yeah, I'm just like, what in the world, man? Get lost in there, man. It's crazy. But yeah, it comes back down to. Mission focus is it mission driven. focus driven? Yeah. yeah, that's it. I mean, that's when you're doing the honest assessment. That's really the the essentially the basic single question you can ask is: Is it mission driven? Mm -hmm. Can you change it? The answer is no. Well, might need to be content with it, but if you can, well, then is it mission driven? If it is, time to put in some work. Yep. I want to read this and get y'all's input on this last verse that we're going to cover right here. Philippians 4, verse 11 through 13. This is Paul. He says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. So Paul's saying, I've learned that in whatever situation I'm in, I've learned to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. 
I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul's basically saying, I don't care if I'm hungry. I don't care if I have plenty. I've been there. I've had abundance. I've been in need. I've been, he's been freaking shipwrecked. He's been whipped. He's been imprisoned. He's, he's in, in all these, he's been on, on top and the bottom, but he has learned the secret to being content in all things because he's learned that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. What do y'all think about this as it applies to contentment? I think it, I mean, to me, it just goes back to the same thing, that you got to be happy with what you've got when you've got enough, and when you don't, freaking go do the work and give and stay stay focused. You know, that's that's exactly what he's saying here. I mean, I, I think it backs up the other verse you shared perfectly. You know, I think that's kind of, maybe it's just where my head goes, but it almost seems like he's talking about people are going to be given different amounts of, of things. People are going to be given different levels of wealth or even the same person may be given yeah, different levels of wealth say, throughout a lifetime. Yeah, well, yeah. And and I think what he's saying is you may look around and be like, "Man, well I could be content if I had what they had." Like, dang, it's hard for me to be to be content, but it's easy for him to be content. He's got all that. And I think what he's saying is no matter what situation you're in, it doesn't matter. Right? Like he's saying He's saying everybody has to be content. Everybody's given a different set of uh, just I mean, material things, money. Uh, even even people in their life are different. Different hand. Different Everyone's hand. Been dealt a different different hand. And so, basically, no matter what you were given, be content with it, and don't worry about what anybody else has. I mean, I, yeah, kind of what we've already been touching on. I, mean, I think. Well, I think what he's saying is we just a minute ago, we told people you need to learn or, or you should strive to be content with the things in life that are out of your control. Now, that's much easier said than done. And I think that Paul here in God's word is giving us the secret to the ability to do that. He's giving us the secret to being content with the things in our lives after we've made that honest assessment. Whether it's our height or, or, or whatever it may be, we've done that honest assessment. We say, this is out of my control. This is my situation right now. I have to, I have to live with this, and I have to still be happy and push forward. The secret to being able to do that is uh is a relationship with Christ. And here second Corinthians Paul goes on to say for the sake of Christ then I am content with weakness, with insults, with hardships, with persecutions, with calamities, for when I am weak I am strong. So here we go. If you are if you are being insulted by someone, you're you that's out of your control. 
If you're experiencing hardship, if you have cancer, there are hardships, right, that you're going to experience in life that are completely out of your control. If you're being persecuted as a Christian, that's out of your control, right? If some, if you're struck with some calamity, your freaking house burns down for some weird reason, that's out of your control, all right? But because of Jesus and your relationship that you have with your creator, you can be content in those situations. Whereas other people that don't have a relationship with Christ will not be able to be content in those situations. Because they'll, it falls on their shoulders. They'll be anxious. They'll be they'll they'll be depressed. They'll be mm-hmm. unhappy. They'll be angry. They'll be feeling all of these things, right? That again are going to detract them from their ability to affect the things that are within their control. You want me to tell you when you should be content and when you shouldn't be? Please. When it's hard to be content, be content. Well, when it's true. easy to be content, do not be content. <laughs> That's true. That's the that's the only way I know how to put it. Yeah. I like that, man. Well, this is interesting, man. We, we I think we talked uh we we talked about uh, we we about beat this one into the ground, son. I was feeling a little bit that way that we the horse was had been <laughs> dead a minute ago, but I had that revelation in the end right there. That's well, good. that was good. That's, that's why it, we kept talking. It took us that long to get to that. Yeah. Um so, I mean, that's a great way to sum it up, man. I, I ain't got nothing else on this. I, I hope y'all hope y'all got something out of this. I hope it made sense to you of the things in life that you, the, the situations in life where you should be content and the situations in life where you shouldn't be content and you should strive to do more and to be better. And also how to react within your team if you have a team member that's doing the best they possibly can but maybe they're holding the 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 speed of the team up, mm-hmm. right? How to treat that, right? And again, so. this wasn't a hit on you, Team Ten. You guys did a good job. Oh man, it was awesome it out there. It was awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a valuable lesson yep. and that, and, and I've never, I've never seen it play out out there before in that manner. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, awesome team, and it that I mean, the mission wouldn't have been near as valuable if it hadn't have been for that. That's it. Yep. So. Got anything else, Chili? No, that's good, man. I think we hit on when it's good to be content, when it's bad. You know, broad generalizations generally don't work. <laughs> so that was good. You hit on both of it. Yeah. And hopefully that's clear. Chili said you hit on both of it, son. <laughs> and he also said acquiescence <laughs> earlier. Or something. He don't mess around, boy. <laughs> we need to do the Chili word of the day. Oh, yeah. I got one for you every time. Yeah. Word well, of the day. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. If you got anything out of this podcast or any of the podcasts, again, go leave us a review, man. Um, hit us up. Let us know what you think about the podcast. Uh, hit us up if you something you want us to maybe talk about or discuss um, on one of these comms checks episodes. We'd love to. Uh, we'd love getting feedback from y'all because we do this for you guys. So appreciate it. This is the three seven podcast. Enough said.